What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited for this episode. Um, we've got another guest today, uh, and this is a little bit different because this guest is actually not with me, but he's virtual out of Wilmington, North Carolina, so home state. Um, uh, he's he's an incredible guy. I'm so excited for y'all to kind of hear his story and, and see the way that God's been working through his life. Um, but before we get to that, I hope you've had an incredible week so far. It's Friday. Another episode comes out. I hope you all have amazing weekend plans um, at the Equipped Podcast Um We've got a lot of cool things coming out. We've got some merch coming out for y'all. We, uh, I'm so excited to continue to kind of go into that and, and show y'all all of those things, but which we will do at a later date. Um, but I wanted to uh, get those uh, reminders out to y'all about that. But with without further ado, I'm going to let the guest introduce himself. Um, so Colby, an amazing name. I have to say, out of all of the guests that I've had, you probably have the coolest um a name out of all of them so introduce yourself a little bit where are you from all of that good stuff yeah colby excited to to be here with you you know virtually but my name is colby as well colby ray i am um originally from birmingham alabama um and i've got you know two uh, a brother and a sister and now married to my beautiful wife uh, andrea and we have two boys but you know I, i'm gonna tell you a little bit about you know growing up and, and and get you i guess to to where we are right now yeah for but sure gr- growing up for me was you know it was a little different my my parents divorced when i was four years old and you know i, I grew up spending the weeks with with my mom and and the weekends with my dad mm. and to be honest it was tough yeah. you know i had to grow up fast i had to help my mom out where where things where my dad would help her out yeah. and i really didn't understand you know what was going on at, at such a young age but, you know, as I got older, I started to realize, okay, this is this is kind of, you know, my life and this is how my brother and sister, this is, you know, how we're living, kind of going back and forth. But one of the, the cool things, my dad, he had a, uh, a really unique job. He, he had an opportunity that many people didn't have. Mm. Um, and, and to be honest, I really didn't understand it until, you know, I, I got older. But yeah. he, he had the ability to, to travel the world. Uh, hunting and fishing and he had a, a television show uh tied to that and you know growing up i was really um i don't know it it, it was really cool to me it, it was cool to see my dad do these uh unique things and, and tell me about his trips and really the one of the big things is he just instilled this like sense and urge of like adventure yeah. you know in me because he, he traveled the world you know doing doing this stuff and and one of the cool things is I got to actually go on a few trips with him oh, at, wow. at a young age. And um, when I was nine years old, he he took me on a trip to to Southern Africa. And so we wow. went to a handful of different countries. We went to South Africa, Namibia, Zambia, Zimbabwe um, for for about two weeks. And you know, it was on this trip. I was around nine years old when I really felt um, the Lord telling me like to, to to trust him. I really didn't understand kind of what that meant, but I could feel, you know, the Lord, um, you know, speaking to me on that trip. And I remember there was this, uh, this time when we were there, we were driving in a van, we were out in the bush. Um, we were between, uh, Zimbabwe and, and Zambia and we came upon this, this small village, 
Um, and we stopped at this village. Uh, the drivers that we were with had some something to do. I'm not really sure what <laughs> what they were doing, but we got out, and you know, I was nine years old, and I just wanted to find some other kids to play with. <laughs> and so there's some some kids there, and you know, we started to play, and and really, I, I didn't see anything different about us. You know, we we were like our skin color was different, but past that, it was you know, nine year old kids just doing things that, that kids do kick a soccer ball you know play tag you know those those kinds of things and yeah so after we were there for for a handful of hours um we got back into the van and and we left um and i remember getting in the back of the van and and looking out the back window as we were pulling away and i, I saw these kids like running after us and that moment just it, it stuck in my mind still has been stuck in my mind you know till this day and really you know, materially, these kids that I was playing with, they, they didn't have anything. Yeah. Um, and, and it, it kind of confused me because they didn't have shoes. They had like, you know, a, a shirt and, and shorts on, but it was different than, you know, what kind of the things that I had, and, you know, growing up, I, I never went without, you know, I had everything that, you know, I needed. And I look back on that moment and I really feel like it was the Lord telling me like, Yet those kids have nothing. They have everything mm. because you look at, you know, all these material things that, that we have today. Mm. And those are the things that distract us from the Lord. Yeah. And those are the things that, that, you know, pull us away. And there's these kids out in the bush in the middle of Africa that literally have nothing when it comes to material, but they have the ability to connect with the Lord in a, you know, a really unique way. But yeah. You know, with with that experience with my dad and all these other experiences with my dad, I, I really looked to my dad as, you know, he's, he was my hero. You know, he, he was who I wanted to be, you know, when when I grew up. I, I wanted to, you know, have a hunt and a fishing show. I wanted to do exactly <laughs> what what he was doing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, fast forward a little bit, you know, in high school, um, uh, my friends and I, we started a nonprofit where we did, we planted children's homes in, in Eastern Africa. And actually, Colby, you know, that's that's how you and I right, uh, right. came came to know each other. Yeah. And it's actually how I came to know my wife. I uh, okay. was serving with, with that ministry. Um, we started dating and, you know, then we got married and moved to Wilmington, you know, where we currently live. Right. Um, and, and I currently work at just like a, a large marketing advertising agency and I, I run the digital operations side of the business so all in all very high level view of you know where where i've been and kind of you know what i'm what i'm doing today wow so that's so cool man yeah i think that what's cool too is like he was talking about our families got connected through the nonprofit that you started um back mm -hmm. in in college and, and for reference how old are you now 33 okay and you started it when you were it's like tail end of high school, you know, okay. it's like 17, 18 years old. Got you. Got you. So, um, yeah, my mom kind of found a, you know, a big heart through, you know, Birmingham, Alabama. My oldest sister, Allie, attended school down there at Sanford University. And then my sister that's directly older than me also attended school down there. Um, but then we also had friends down there and you and Andy mm -hmm. um, and just that whole ministry has been able to be such a blessing. Um, and my mom went over to Uganda, Africa so, so many times. And when I was yep. 13, I think was the first opportunity I had to go over there. Um, and I think like you were talking about, it was such a sobering fact. Cause like I was also a kid with those kids over there, but just seeing the, the way that I was raised and the way that they were raised, 
is two different things. Like you said, they had nothing, but yet they had everything. And we had everything, but most of the time we felt like we had nothing. Um, But just regardless of all of that, God has been, I can see that, you know, God has taken you to many different places throughout your life and you're 33 years old now and um, live in Wilmington, North Carolina. So how long have you lived in Wilmington? Yeah, we've been in Wilmington for, I'd say going on, going on nine years now. Okay. And, uh, you know, in those, those nine years, we've had two boys, awesome. um, two and four years old and they are the, uh, gosh, they, they are <laughs> what make us tick. They, yeah. they are awesome. Um, that's love great. Them to death and just love living, living life with them and, yeah. you know, showing them new things. Great. Are they into any sports? They just kind of chilling. I know two year old. It's hard for a two year old to be in yeah, an easy thing. But they've done. Um, uh, our our oldest has done t ball and he, okay. he's done soccer. It's funny. Our youngest, he, he's really excited about uh, playing sports. He's really go. excited about you know, playing soccer, going to play yeah. you know, t ball and, yeah. and whatnot. So that's you know what they're doing right now. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Okay, so um, I guess jumping into the nitty gritty. Um, when we first met and we kind of talked about everything that, you know, God has been taking you and your family through, it's just been incredible to see, obviously, the bigger journey of where you were at, you know, 10, 12 years ago, working through the ministry, and then how God kind of directed you out of that and in, into your job now, and just continuing to see, you know, where he is leading your family. But to get to the place that y'all were at now, the last, you know, few months and, and years have been difficult um, for you and your family. So take us back a little bit. Uh, more in depth into the last, you know, year and a half, you know, f- or a few years yep. really um, yep. that's been going on with your family. Yeah, I'll actually go back about four years. Um, and, and I guess before I get into that, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, like our, my family, it's, it's a very close family. It's yeah. the type of family, you know, you go to Thanksgiving, Christmas, and you're kissing your, your aunts and uncles <laughs> and hugging them. And it's, it's, it's a very, very close family family and um you know my grandmother uh she she was one that everybody was close to you know i i would often pick up the phone call her and we'd talk for an hour you know about Mm. something or i i'd go drive up to her house and stay the night and you know we'd stay up super late just just chit chat and we turn the tv off set our phones down and just talk Mm. um and that's a lot of what we would do you know during our family gatherings is lots of you just know community, I yeah. guess, with, with each other. Um, and my grandmother, she passed away in, in early 2018 and, okay. and it, it broke us. It was, mm. it was tough. You know, it, it was, it was really hard. And, you know, once that happened, it, it started to bring to light, um, some things that really weren't good and going on in, in our family and, you yeah. know, past your, or through that, uh, a few of our family members started struggling with depression and, mm. and addiction. And, and really it, it got to the point where, uh, those family members, uh, there's times where we didn't know where they were. You know, we didn't know how they were doing. We had to, um, call the police a couple of times to do like some, some wel- welfare checks. And mm. I'd say the, the past four years have just been really tough, you know, yeah. for our family, you know, as, as a whole, mm. um, but during these uh, these four years, one of my uncles, he was diagnosed with, with ALS um, during that time. And if you don't know much about ALS, I encourage you to do a little research and, and you know, dig into it. But mm. it's a disease that it's 
it, it's awful. It's awful what it does to you. And there's, there's not a cure for it. And, yeah. you know, seeing him go through that and seeing him just praise the Lord and giving, giving credit to the Lord, um, during that, that time, you know, it, it would move anybody. It, it moved me. It, it grew my relationship, um, with, with the Lord. But, uh, a, a, I'd say a couple of years ago, uh, we started noticing my dad, he's, he was really starting to struggle with, uh, with drinking and it really, it came to the point where he, he basically was, was staying drunk yeah. and this, this affected everything he did. It affected his work, his relationship, his mental health. And it was literally killing him. Mm, um, man. and it's just something that my, my brother and my sister and I, we, we had many conversations with him about this. There, there are times where I flew down from Wilmington to, to see him, to pick him up, to take him to rehab. And it's not something that, you know, a, a son or a daughter should ever really have to experience, nor do you think you, you would ever experience. But when we were in that moment, it was, it's kind of surreal. Um, yeah. we really just pleaded with him, like, dad, you, you gotta make changes. And I really believe he didn't want you know, want to, to be drunk. I, I really believe he wanted to be sober. Yeah. I, I believe he, he wanted to see his grandkids grow up. Um, he was just sick. He, he was, he was really sick and he couldn't, he couldn't get out of that. And, yeah. you know, our, our whole family, we prayed, you know, to the Lord, to, um, to heal our dad, to, to heal him from, from this, uh, this sickness. Um, and you know th this continued for for a couple years and uh, all this led to to last year the beginning of of 2022 yeah. and you know i can say it, it 2022 was was the worst year um mm. of my life i'd say the worst year uh of uh, our, our entire family's life yeah um you know looking back on it but you know i'll go through and tell you kind of yeah. what happened but yeah we saw the lord move in so many different ways um, but in February last year, actually on February 19th, so in, in a couple of days will be the one year mark. I was, um, out in my backyard digging a French drain. Um, cause we've, <laughs> we've had some water issues in the past and living in North Carolina, you know, you get hurricanes and especially on uh, the coast. It yeah. <laughs> yeah. It rains a lot. Um, but I was out there digging a trench and I got a phone call from my aunt and, um, I didn't answer it cause I, I was it had dirt all over me, had gloves on. Um, but then she called me right back, which that's not typical of her. And so I picked it up and, and, and she had called me to tell me that my uncle had, had passed away and oh, that she wow. didn't know many of the details. And wow. I was devastated. I, I was confused. I, I, I wasn't sure. Like I wasn't expecting that. I, I guess no one really expects that right, from, right. from anyone, but I was, I was just really confused um, you know, during this time and, uh, we came, came, she came to find out that he, he took his own life mm. and mm. my dad, um, you know, he struggled with this. He took it really hard. It was his brother. Um, and it, it got to the point with my dad where it just encouraged more and more of his, his drinking when yeah. he didn't know what day it was. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know, you know, what was going on. Um, and so it really, it, 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 turned him and, and it positioned him not in a good way. Um, and so we, my brother and sister and I continued to you know, meet with him and have conversation with him. And actually after that, a few weeks after 
Um, my uncle had passed. Uh, my dad and I had a few really good conversations. Yeah. Just talking about the Lord, talking about like our worry for him, and we wanted to see him get better. And you know, he told us many times that he wanted to get better, and mm. I fully believe if he wanted to get better, and I, yeah. he tried. He he really did try, but sometimes you know that sickness of of addiction or the sickness of depression it's so hard to so hard to overcome and amen you know it's it's tough and we can't a lot of times we can't do it on our own Mm -mm. you know and um it was on easter of of 2022 um my dad and i we we had a it's probably 30 45 minute conversation and and to be honest i remember it like it was it was yesterday um we, we talked about many, many things, um, talked about the Lord, talked about, you know, he's getting ready to, to till up his garden to, you know, get some things planted in it. But, you know, I, I didn't realize that, but that was, that was the last time that, that I was going to uh, have a conversation with him. And um, he passed away on, on May 26th oh, wow. of, of 2022 due to cardiac arrest. Wow. And, you know, looking back on it, I was... I was shocked again. I really hadn't even gotten over really mourning my, my uncle passing. Right, right. And then my dad passed away. And, you know, I, I fully believe, like, my dad was trying to detox himself. And I I think that he thought he could potentially do it on his own. And, you know, he, he, he just couldn't do it without medical professionals. And yeah. his levels were off. And um, it just it, it wasn't something that he was able, you know, to make it through. And. Um, mm. you know, it, it broke us. It, we'd lost our, our, I lost my father, you know, we'd lost our dad, my brother and sister, and I lost our dad mm. and, Good you know, grief. it was tough. It was really tough. We, re- we didn't know what to do. Um, but then past that, you know, <laughs> go a couple more months in July, my uncle that was diagnosed with ALS, um, he, he had passed away. And so up until this point in 2022, it had been seven months and we had lost three, three men. Um, I'd say prominent men from, from our family, right. you know, these are, are men who, you know, growing up, they taught me how to seek after the Lord. They, they showed me, um, you know, how to, to, to be polite, how to keep a door, you know, hold a door open for, right. for a lady and, um, teach me, my dad taught me just to have this sense of, you know, of, of adventure and, you know, it's hard to process it. It's hard to, you know think through it and there's some days I don't want to think about it there's some days I want to block it out and there's some days you know I sit and and I I I process it to you know to everything um about everything that that's happened and you know we 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 were we were excited because it's getting close to the end of the year we're like we we just want this year to be done we want to get past this we want to you know we want to move on and we didn't think it could you know get worse um my cousin passed away in December of 2022 and, you know, we're, we're not really oh sure what, you know, what caused that. Um, but it was it was like blow after blow after blow. Right, right. And, you know, through through that time, it, I had to catch myself because my heart my heart was getting hardened. You know, it was it was becoming bitter and it was it was uh, it was I mean, it was coming into this this point where I had to make sure that I was continuing to come back to, you know, to the Lord and, and seeking after him wow. to, to, to remember, you know, Hey, what, what's my purpose, you know, what's my purpose right. you know, through all of this. And so 
long story short, you know, that's kind of what the past four years to really the past years look like for us, you know, as a family. Man, I, it's hard to even comprehend all of that. Uh, first, one, thank you for being willing to share that. I know that that is not an easy uh, thing to talk about, especially when, you know, some of those, there's just a lack of understanding, you know, like why, mm-hmm. you know, why God did you allow, you know, this to happen and this to happen and this to happen. Um, I think that there's so many people out there that can be encouraged by your story because they have been through something similar, you know, um, and, and it, it's hard to say that, you know, I anybody can relate to losing four people in their, in one, really one year, um, you know, that they're so close with, with, you know, your cousin, your two uncles and your dad. Um, it's just like, hard for me to even comprehend that. I mean, the only thing that really comes to mind is like when I lost my two good friends in a matter of, it was two friends in a matter of four years, you know, and I imagine how I was so bitter at God for that in, in four years. And it was like, right as I began to heal, boom, happened again. Um, and so just wrapping my mind around losing four people, like you said, who were prominent male figures in your life now just to, continuing to trust God saying like, God, one, I don't understand why you're doing this, but I know you have a plan and purpose within it. Um, it's so encouraging to me. And I know it's got to be so encouraging to everyone else out there that's listening to this, knowing that there are people who are able to get through this only with the power of Christ. You know, like I think about those who have gone through this exact same scenario, but without Christ, you know, what are the, what are the things that they are turning to? You know, is it, is it alcohol? Is it drugs? Is it suicide? You know, and you, and right. w- what's been so unique about your story is your story has been a dad who died of a heart attack through some of his, um, you know, troubles that he had, a, an uncle who was diagnosed with ALS, which is just a, a rough disease that just deteriorates your body so quickly. Another uncle who, um, lost his lost lost his life to suicide and then another cousin who passed away all very unique stories very unique stories but the fact that you're being open and honest and willing to share that is what brings community i was writing in my i'm i'm in the process right now of kind of writing a book um and so yesterday i, I get in these you know hour hour and a half just writing sessions where i'm just writing on my ipad you know where, what the lord is kind of putting on my my heart. And one of the things I wrote down was, um, what is the why for wanting to do what you do? And, um, it was almost like a journal entry for me because I was saying, you know, the why behind what I want to do is not just chalked down to one single answer. There's multiple whys and, and why we do what we do. But at the end of the day, it all chalks down to, I want to be able to encourage people to be open and honest about, what they've been through, because when you are able to be open and honest through what they've been through, that's when you build community, you know? And so this, this story, when you reached out to me, I had absolutely no clue, you know, about what you've gone through, but the fact that you're being willing to able to share that and say, Hey, I want to be able to share that is, is, is a place and a foothold where God can use that to build community around you and your family. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about Christ is because he desires us to be in community with one another, um, specifically in community with one another, you know, and other Christians. Um, 
And, you know, mm-hmm. it's Satan is the one who wants you to be isolated. He doesn't want you to tell your story. He doesn't want you to do this. So, you know, kudos to you for leaning into what God has been doing in your life uh, and just being willing to sit down in front of a mic and say, hey, this is my story. Um, I want to help encourage other people through it. Um, it's not an easy task because it's not like this was four or five years ago. This is literally... We're, we're recently in 2023, you know, and so this is something that hasn't even happened a year ago, you know. Um, so, man, one, again, I say all that to say thank you for being willing to do this. Uh, this is yep. not an easy task, but praise God for the boldness and wisdom that he's, you know, put into your life to be able to do this and share your family's story. Um, so I do want to dive into a little bit of you individually going through that, um, specifically I know the relationship between a, a dad and his son is a relationship that can be special. Um, you grew up seeing your dad do all these amazing things, you know, and, and what you desired to do was be like him. Um, but in the latter part of our, of your life, you know, you loved him, but it hurt you watching him go through what he was going through. So as a son, how did you navigate that path of, wanting to be there for your dad, but also knowing that he's a grown man and he has to make his own decisions, but still continuing to comfort him and, and try to walk with him through the journey he was going through. Yeah, it was not easy. Mm. It was, it was actually very hard. And there were days that and times that I, I just wanted to be done with him. Yeah. You know, I always, I had to pray often, mm. Lord, do not harden my heart towards my dad because mm. I could feel it getting hardened, you know, here and there. And, wow. and I did wow. not, I, wow. I did not want that. And I would say, you know, my, my wife, she, she was the rock through this whole process. She was the one who pointed me back to the Lord. Every time I had a, a tough conversation with him or, you know, had a, you know, stressful conversation with my brother or sister about, you know, what we should do next. Uh, my wife is the one who, who continued to point me back to the Lord and mm. she would pray hard for, for, you know, everything that was going on. And I'd say too, you know, another thing that really helped me through this and you, you just hit on it is community, yeah. um, community with, with other believers. And I get together with, you know, it's, it's a random group of guys, um, age ranges from, you know, high twenties to, you know, probably mid, 60s um and we get together every wednesday night um and they they we've been getting together at least i've been part of the group for about eight years now oh wow um and they would they'd pray for me they'd they'd encourage me they'd encourage us you know they were there to to lean on when you know when it was hard and i i think my outcome probably would have been different if it hadn't wouldn't have been for you know those two you know my wife and right, you know right. that that group of, of 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 men who who were there for me to to lean on but when it comes back to you know things that i had to do you know i, I had to set up boundaries you right. know because of my family you know I had kids if kids and you know my wife and I, I had to set up boundaries and it wasn't easy mm. it was not easy whatsoever but it was needed right. um and and no it, it got to the point with my dad when i told him dad like I'm here for you. I love you. If you need me whenever I will be there in a, in a, as soon as I can be there. Right. But dad, I, I can't continue to, to call you every day to check in on you, to make sure, 
you know, you're okay. Like we've been doing this for two years now, you know, you've, you've got to want it for yourself. And that, that mm. was tough. Mm. That, that, that was really hard because, you know, you're, you're not supposed to say that to your dad, right? right. <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to have that type of conversation, you know, with your dad, maybe like your, your friend or, or something like that, but not, not your father. And so it was, it was tough, um, you know, all in all, but yeah, a lot of it came back to just like being centered, you know, on the Lord mm. and, you know, continuing my wife, continuing to point me back to, to scripture and me continuing to, you know, journal and, 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 and read, uh, read in scripture. And the thing is our families are very, like, we're all believers, you know, everybody in my family is believer. Yeah, praise God. Um, and so scripture was definitely, you know, all through, uh, this process as a whole, but it wasn't easy. No, there, there was no part of it that, that was easy. Yeah. I think I hear your story and I think back to the story of Job. Uh, and I know we talked about this on our first original phone mm-hmm. call, but like not many people are going through, you know, time after time again, death after death after death. And I think that a lot of the things that we go through as Christians, most of the time, and I think a lot of us would agree that death is one of the hardest things to wrap your mind around because it's someone that is now, now no longer present with us, and they are either present with Christ, as it says in the Bible, to be absent of the body is to be present with Christ, or for someone who has not accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, as a human having to understand and acknowledge that they're not with Christ now, and that if we are a believer, we won't ever see them again. Um, that it, That's difficult. And so I think of the story of Job and just God's faithfulness um, in Job's life. And it makes me think like, you know, you see a very unique conversation that occurs with Job and Satan, or excuse me, Satan and God, uh, as in the very beginning when, when Satan just kind of pops up and, you know, God talks about, oh, you know, have you, have you looked at my servant Job, you know, and, you know, Satan, they have this witty conversation about, well, it's only because you've just protected him your whole life. You know, and I hear all of the things that have gone on in your, in your life, and I, I think, was there any type of conversation between Satan and God where God's saying, well, have you have you looked at my servant, you know, Colby? You know, and which is such a sobering thought because God knew through that whole thing that, he, one, he was going to be there for you, and two, that you were going to be able to rely on him. And I say this to encourage you that not many people, and I, not many people through all four of those deaths would have been able to continue to rely on Christ like you did. And, and there's no doubt that it was difficult. There were times that your heart was hardened and you were bitter, um, and, and that's normal because we are human and we live in a sinful world. But not many people would continue to be able to talk about what you're talking about and, and have gotten through what, you're got, what you got through without the presence of Christ in your life. And... I think it's awesome too that you mentioned, you know, Andy, your wife, and just how much of a rock that she's been. And I think it goes to show that how important it is when you are, you know, looking for that wife or looking for that husband to to know that someone is going to be there for you through thick and thin when in your vowels, you know, like for better or for worse, mm-hmm. you know. And this is unfortunately yeah. for one of the parts where it stands with for the worst part. Um, but just how Andy was able to uh sit down and be there for y'all. My family thinks the world of, of y'all. I remember I was obviously really pretty, pretty young when we, our families first met, but I just very vividly remembered my mom and dad talking about how much they loved, 
you know, you and Andy and, and how much they thought, thought of y'all and what y'all have done and all of that stuff. So it's just amazing to see, you know, as I've gotten older and been able to connect with, you know, you through this platform that God provided and just being able to hear your story, just how that has just been continued throughout y'all's marriage and relationship. And now as you raise two sons, you know, and, um, you can take lessons from what you went through with your dad to be able to raise your sons, you know, in a way. And, you know, Hey, I, I loved that my dad did this with, with me. I want to do that with them. Or, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, I didn't like that. My dad did this with me. You know, I don't want to do that. You know, we all have those lessons we take away from our, our parents and how we want to raise our kids. Um, but it starts with having two parents who are rocks. And, you know, I can say from just growing up and, and seeing the way that you and Andy influenced my family uh, and just how y'all's marriage has been, you know, uh, so God honoring. And, you know, I know that there's been hard times as there is for every marriage and every relationship, right. you know, because we live, like I said, we live in a sinful world. Um, but it's just, it's just been so cool to, to reconnect through this platform um, and hear that what, what God has done in your life. Um, and so one of the things you mentioned was the hardening of your heart, um, towards people, towards your father, towards Christ. Um, so I have to ask, was there any, at what point did bitterness kind of start setting in, um, into what felt like a nonstop heartache towards you and your family, maybe towards your dad or towards Christ or any of that? I'd say it probably within the last, you know, year of mm. his life. Mm. Um, one, one of the things about just addiction, just as a whole, it, it is it is very hard to to escape that. And it, it, it there's a lot, you know, the person that's struggling with it. I, you know, praise God, I, I've, I've never struggled with uh, an addiction in a sense of, you know, substance abuse or alcohol or anything, you know, like that. Uh, but it's it is it's hard to, to break that mm. and you could break it and be, you know, uh, individuals talk about being sober for, you know, years and years. All it takes is just one little thing, um, to, to, to allow them to fall back into it. And so yeah. it was hard for me to wrap my, my mind and head around that. And I was like, dad, just stop, mm. like, just stop drinking, just stop. And at that moment, I didn't realize that there's more to it than just stopping. It is a, like I said earlier, it is a sickness that can overtake a body. And sometimes the only way to, to cure that is, is the Lord. You know, yeah, yeah. sometimes the Lord it can, can only, you know, take that away. But my, my, my heart started to get hardened once the repetitiveness of my dad telling me, Hey, I'm done drinking yeah. the next week. He's drinking. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm done drinking. I'm sorry. He's drinking. Hey, I'm done drinking drinking and after going through that you know a handful of times i just i didn't want to hear it anymore yeah i, I couldn't hear it anymore because it was stressful to me it was bleeding into my family you know my 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 life in 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 our house and yeah, yeah. It, it was tough it, it was really hard but i knew that if i continued to stay in this bitterness or my heart would would continue to stay hardened that, you know, the, I I wouldn't be representing Christ the way Christ would want to be represented. Wow. And 
you know, through that. And the, really the only way that I continued to see that again was through my wife and, and yeah. through, you know, this small group that I was in, it wasn't on my own that I was able to see that. Um, and it, it was tough. It was, it was hard. And, and I would just, you know, anybody who's going through something similar to this, where your, your heart's hardened or you're bitter towards somebody, I would just encourage you to, um, see the other side of it, see the, uh, the other perspective from, you know, their angle, what they're going through, mm. because sometimes we look at, at things just kind of one-sided yeah. and we see it how we see it. And sometimes how we see it, it's not the only way, you know, to see it. And, and so I would just encourage anybody who's, you know, got a bitter heart towards somebody or, you know, a hardened heart, to, you know, really, step back, step outside of the situation and really, you know, evaluate it. Um, and I'd also encourage anybody who, who is going through anything like this, like I'd say it's okay. Like it's okay to struggle. It's yeah. okay to, Amen. Amen. you know, question things. Amen. I, till today, like I still question things Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay to do that, but it's not okay to stay in that. Ooh, you know, it's a good word. You, you've, You've got to you've got to get out of that and look back because in those moments that's when we grow, mm. you know. And we've we've got to take those moments. We got to learn from those moments, and we got to you know we've got to keep keep going. Not saying that you know I'm 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 going away or, or putting everything in 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 the background of what happened to my my dad, two uncles, and cousins. No, I I will continue to think about them every day, yeah. and probably until the day I die. Yeah, you know, I'll continue to think about them and you know, think about the good memories we had and, mm. you know, the good experiences and, and those types of things. Man. Um, but all in all, it's, it's not easy. It's not. Mm. <laughs> and the thing, this is the thing I, I did not, I don't, I don't want it to sound like, Oh, Colby, you, you know, you did all this stuff. No, it, it was, it was the Lord. You know, it was yeah, the Lord through me. It, it was my wife. It was my small group. It was my brother and sisters, the mm. encouragement as a family, Amen. You know, that, that we had that, that's, that's so important. What I hear in that is, and I, what I hear in that is so powerful because God knew, you know, a year before all this stuff hap was gonna, the happening with you, that it was going to happen. Um, but the thing was like, God mm -hmm. equipped you to get, be able to get you through this hard time in your life. Um, and like mm -hmm. you said, if we were on our own, we would not have made it either, you know, without God. It, it, nothing is possible. I was actually reading a verse this morning that talked about it was it, the the premise of the whole thing was talking about you know when you are in temptation you know God is still present and God can be God will mm -hmm. be there for you but you have to lean into that yourself. But it was talking about without God all things are impossible, you know. But with God all things are possible. And I know that that's a verse that we hear. But if you really dive into that and and realize like this is a story in your life that you realize that with God, even though it was hard as crap to get through, that God was present with you and he stood with you. And that's so powerful because he didn't just say, hey, I'm going to, uh, you know, allow all of this stuff to happen in your life because it's within his will. And I'm not going to give you the tools to be able to get through it. No, he gave you the tools to be able to get through it, and he equipped you, which is what this podcast is about. You know, it's God equipping the unequipped. And at a time that you were unequipped, God said, hey, don't worry. I'm going to equip you to be able to get through this. And so even when there is an incredibly hard time 
that you went through, you're still able to praise God because God equipped you to get through this. You know, he could have just not done anything at all. And, you know, it would have been easy to just not rely on him during that time. But God, you know, equipped you with a community of believers and in, in, in brothers in Christ that were, you were able to go through, go to every week. He equipped you with a, an amazing wife to be able to be your rock for when you weren't strong, she was strong. He equipped you and your family to be able to get through this um, and, and grow closer together throughout it all. And so, the story that you're that you're going through, obviously, we still have the opportunity every day to wake up you know, and choose Christ or not choose Christ. And it would have been easy for you in this instance to say, you know, I'm going to wake up, but God, I just don't see how you've been faithful, you know? And I'm sure there were mornings you did wake up and say that, you know? Um, But like when, when we wake up, God chooses us every single day. And it is still as a believer in Christ, our job to wake up and do the exact same thing. And when we do that and when we lean into him, no matter what the day throws at us, he will still continue to walk besides us. And at times that we can't even walk, he'll pick us up and take us. Um, even when you're going through bitterness, even if you're going through times. And one of the things you said that I kind of want to go and dive into uh, is we talked about this on the phone, just the what ifs of, of life. Um, it's easy to, to get into the what ifs of life or the whys of life and not understand why God did something um, or, or, you know, what if this was to happen? Um, and so how did the what ifs or whys of your life when you were going through this year long battle where it just felt time after time, God was taking things, you know, how, how did that kind of creep in and steal your joy per se? Yeah. I mean, it, my mind was completely focused on, I'd say a lot of the time, completely focused on the what ifs yeah. or the whys yeah. versus, you know, the, the joys in life that we weren't seeing a ton of <laughs> through this, especially the last year, we weren't seeing a ton of, of joy for sure. Um, for sure. it was why, why would it like, why us, why my dad to, to be honest with you, Colby, mm-hmm. if, if you would have said, you know, three, four years ago, Hey, your dad's going to, to struggle. He's going to be an alcoholic and he's going to, you know, die and, in three, four years, I would have looked at you and, and said, you are crazy. Mm. There is no way that my, that, that is going to happen to my yeah, dad. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I, 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 I would not have, have thought that in a million years. Wow. And now looking back on it, it's yeah. I, I, many times I say, what if, yeah. you know, and I, I have to continue to remind myself that, uh, there's a purpose for all there's a purpose for, for, for all things. Mm. And, you know, through seeking the Lord, he, he shows us what that purpose is. And like I said earlier, you know, our family was praying, you know, for my dad to be healed. Yeah. You know, we were praying for him to be healed from this, from this sickness. Yeah. And then in the end he was, you know, mm. it, it wasn't the way that anybody wanted it to happen, Oof. but yeah. it's, it's, it's the way that the Lord wanted it to happen. And Mm. my dad's no longer struggling with, you know, depression. He's no longer struggling with, with addiction. You know, his, his body's, you know, made whole and he's, you know, he's there with Jesus, (laughs) you know, which is so hard for me to say, because I want him right here with me. You know, I want him sitting right here beside me right now. Um, 
and I, I want to hug him and, and love on him and, you know, not let him go. But, you know, I, I can't do that. And he's, you know, he's in, the, he's in a better place, but there are many times where I, I had to, like I said earlier, would just redirect my thinking. Um, because it was always like, well, what if I would have called him one more time? What if I would have gone to his house one more time? What if I would have done this? What if I would have done this? And, you know, it came to a point where, you know, me and my brother and sister said, Hey, we, we've, we don't want something to happen to my dad where we look back and and say those, you know, what else we want to try to do everything that we can, not knowing what the outcome would be. And so, Mm. um, so, yeah, I don't know if that fully answers your no, question, yeah. but you know, the, you know, all in all, that's yeah, kind of what we're what we're thinking during that time. No, yeah, I think everybody's what ifs and whys are different, and I think it all transcends to what that individual person is going through in their life in that given mm-hmm. time. So, no, that definitely you know answers my questions because it's what it's what your what ifs were, it's what your whys were, it's what your family's whys were, and what ifs. Um, and I think mm-hmm. it's easy to have that almost like survivor's guilt of well, if I just would have done this, or if I just would have, you know, called him that one time to check in and see what he was doing, maybe I would have been able to do this. Maybe I would have been able to do that. Um, But like, one thing that you said that I loved was you and your brothers and your sisters and your family prayed for healing for him. And God ultimately answered that prayer, but it was different than what you and your brothers and sisters originally thought. And that's so true in so many of our lives where we pray for certain things and God brings those things and it's different than what we thought. But then we're like, well, wait a second, you know, this isn't what I originally thought. And we have two, two directions to go at that point. We can go, you know, thank you, God, because your plan is ultimately better. And he has been delivered fully in a new body, you know, in a new spirit, fully delivered from his, his earthly problems. But at the same time, it comes with a cost of, well, now now we can't have him here on earth. And I was in counseling uh, one time when I was talking about the deaths of, you know, Nathan and Carlos in my life. And, and I was actually talking the same conversation with Nathan's mom um, after he had passed away and he was an only child. And so uh, I had the opportunity to be close with Nathan's mom. But she was saying how one thing that she had to realize that realize was that it was such a selfish mindset to have that she wanted her son right here with her because when you think about it why would you want someone who is a believer to be separated from christ after they've experienced a glimpse of closer to christ than we ever have you know because i guarantee if you're to ask your dad now hey you know you have the opportunity to continue to stay where you're at or continue to go back on earth with your family there's nothing he would rather have than to see y'all again. I know that for a fact. I know he loved y'all and all of those things, but he has tasted a glimpse of something that we haven't even seen, you know? And we've seen glimpses of God, you know, really, really working on our life, and we see glimpses and tastes of God every single day. But the taste and glimpse that he has, the way that he's able to see God 24-7, like he, I, I mean, I, my mind can't even comprehend and and it leaves me speechless to even think about the presence that he is in right now, you know? And, and as we are human, it's totally normal to struggle with the what ifs and whys and, and missing your dad and, and, you know, missing Nathan and Carlos. But I had to ground myself in if, if Nathan's mom can say that, 
if Nathan Nathan's mom who birthed him, who grew up with him every day, if she can get to the point of understanding that, hey, I would love him here, but I am so happy that he is in all, the almighty God's hands. Like if she can get to that point, then I can get to that point, you know? And I remember when I had my, I don't know if I've shared this story with you, but I, I got a really bad concussion my senior year of soccer. And um, I went in and out of consciousness. And right before I was, right before I got put in the ambulance, I went out of consciousness. Um, and I woke up in this beautiful place. And in in this beautiful place, I was alone. And then all of a sudden, Nathan, Carlos, and Jesus appeared. And we just started walking down this, road and it was phenomenal it talks about jesus wearing the whitest of whites and mark and when he's when he's like transfigured in front of um a few of his disciples and like elijah's there and and the only way to describe jesus was he was in the whitest of whites you know he had a tan complexion um and we just started walking together and nathan reached around the corner uh because it was like it was like I think it, it was like me on the left, Jesus in the middle, and then Carlos and then Nathan all the way on the end. And Nathan reached around the corner and said, hey, Colby, like your purpose in being here is I want you to tell my parents that I love them, that I miss them, but I'm so happy here. And and I, and I he was like, that's your purpose. And I was like, okay, Nathan, like I'll go do that. And then, you know, God, I was looking up at God, you know, Jesus, as I was, we were walking down this road and he said, you know, you asked for closure in in Nathan and Carlos' deaths. Like, I'm giving you this closure. This is your closure. And at that point on, I never struggled anymore with their deaths. Like, I struggled so much before this point of, like, I would, every month, I would bottle it up, and then once a month, it would just all come out. And anybody that was around me, it would just be thrown up on all of them, you know? Whether it was me crying, whether it was me getting ticked off, bitter, all of that stuff— since that moment that God provided that clarity, like enclosure in my life, I've never struggled. And so, you know, being able to get to the point of Nathan saying, hey, man, like, I'm happy here. You know, I don't, he doesn't wish to go back on earth, you know. And so <clears throat> it's those little things, those little opportunities that God will, you know, comfort you with in your life, knowing that, like, you can have full, well, comfort and that you're going to see your dad again your family's going to see your dad again. And that's so amazing. And knowing that he is up there right now with Jesus in the presence of God, not suffering in, a, in you know, like in a new body, like that's just, we don't think about that every day, but like this story has just got me thinking about that. And it's so amazing to see. And so I guess kind of the last question I have for you is what encouragement would you give to someone who is in a similar mindset right now um or just in a similar place in life where they're just like i just simply don't understand what god is doing yeah so you know there's there's two verses that that come to mind i I know there's many others out there but there's two particular verses that come to mind the first one is james one two through four it says count it all joys my brothers when you meet trials of, of various kinds for you know that the, the testing of your faith produced steadfastness and, and let steadfastness have full effect on you that you may be perfect, completing, lacking nothing. Mm, amen. And then the second verse is Isaiah 43, 2. And it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, 
you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Wow. And it, you know, it is those two verses, like we've been talking about this whole, you know, this whole, um, whole time, you know, <laughs> he's right there with us. You know, Jesus is right there with us. Mm-hmm. You know, he's walking with us through, through what we're going through. And, you know, my encouragement to, to anybody, and this is even encouragement back to me, this yeah. is what I'm encouraging my, trying to yeah. encourage myself to do daily is, you know, just to continue and if you don't have a deep relationship with Jesus, get it. Have a deep relationship um, with Jesus and build a firm foundation so you're not going to waver. Mm. You know, that I, I could have, you know, I did, I did waver, you know, a little bit through this time. But the deeper your foundation is and the deeper your relationship is with with Jesus, um, you're just going to be better equipped to, to handle those, you know, those situations. Yeah. Um, Amen. And, and another thing I would say is, you know, be there for others. In this world we live in today, this crazy, crazy world we live in today, we're, we're now taught to like, you do you, you do you, you know, don't worry about like <laughs> me, like, yeah. no, like. We need to check in on others. We need to check in on our friends. You know, everything may look good, you know, on the outside, but on the inside, it's a wreck. It's a mess. And the only way to get that information and to, you know, get into that is is being persistent and and, and checking in with each other. Amen. You know, be the light in the darkness. Amen. And in the big thing is like we've all got purpose. We've Amen. all got a purpose. And, and the way to, to find that purpose is to seek the Lord because he'll, he'll show you what it is, you know, when, when you seek after him. And mm. Mm. so, yeah, the, I mean, you know, I know there's more, but, you know, the, that that's a lot of, again, what we've been going through this past year and, you know, past handful of years. But we know the Lord is faithful and, and, and all that he does where there are times that I question that absolutely yeah for sure but i look back on it and i know he's faithful and i still struggle you know i I still struggle and i'm going to continue to still struggle but you know me continuing to 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 build that firm foundation and that relationship with jesus is is what's going to you know keep me rooted there amen brother one thank you again thank you so much for being able to and willing to share your story and your family's story for you know what y'all have been through um Praise God for the platform, um, and you know, thank you so much for you know reaching out to me to say, hey, I want to do this, and, and us being willing or you being willing to just sit in front of a mic to do this because I know that whether yeah. people talk about it or not, there's so many people that are in the same season that you were in, you know, this past year, like currently, you know, and so mm-hmm. just whether it helps one person or it helps a hundred people, you know, it was so worth it, and you being able to Absolutely. share your story, you know, and so. Um, I have no clue if it'll help one person or a hundred people, but like you can know that you were obedient in what God was calling you to do, to do that very thing and say, Hey, I want to, I want you to use your story to encourage others. Um, that's what community's for and that's what God desires. So thank you, Colby, for being willing to do that. Thanks for having me on too. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed it's, it's good for me to talk about it. Yeah. It's good for me. Therapy almost. Uh, it, it, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, another thing I'll say about that, you yeah. know, I've, I've sought out, you know, help when it comes to, you know, talking with somebody, yeah. you know, a counselor and yeah. there's no shame in Amen. that Amen. What, whatsoever. And so, you know, I hear, here I'm a 33 year old 
I, I hope to still say young man. You are. But, you uh, are. You are. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's okay. It's okay yeah. to, to, to seek that stuff out. No shame in it whatsoever. Hey Amen. I love that. I appreciate you, you being intentional to say that because I've tried to say time and time again, like therapy is an amazing thing. I go to it. Um, it's been a vital tool in helping me heal. And I think that, you know, I was talking to my therapist the other day and, um, she was talking about how she sees it's, I have a, I have a female therapist, but you know, she sees 27 people, including me and 26 of them are female. And I'm the only male she sees like adult male. And that just goes to show that like men are just not, men just don't want to go to therapy as simple as that. You know, and so they're yeah, they're scared. They, you know, they think they're bigger than right. No, they're, you know, yeah. I encourage anyone listening to this right now who's been thinking about that, like, yield yield to Colby's the the other Colby, not me, (laughs) advice on getting into therapy and just how it can be beneficial because it is at the end of the day, it is. And and if you just trust me on that, if you don't believe me, just trust the Colbys on this. You know that it is beneficial. Um, and, and that you can enjoy it. Um, so kind of wrapping up the, you know, the serious part of the episode, I do have a a short little fun, fun episode or fun little, you know, thing at the end to, for people to get to know you better. Um, so you told me that you're a big college football guy. Um, love college football. I'm assuming, did you watch the Super Bowl? You had to, you watched it, right? I, I, I did, but I watched it more for the commercials. Than okay, the actual, fair enough. Actual game. So okay, fair enough. Okay, so who who is your go to team in, when it comes to college football? Okay, so you know, growing up in in Birmingham, mm-hmm. there, there's only two teams. <laughs> in really, in my opinion, there's only two teams in all of college football. That's fair. In Alabama. That's fair. But um, I am a diehard Auburn football fan. Okay, diehard Auburn football fan. Hey, you forgot one. Very important team that competes highly, which is Samford University down there, man, in Birmingham. Yes, they are yes. just no, no, just kidding. They're not even in like the 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 true FBS. Um, but uh, okay, so Auburn, Auburn, are do, so did Auburn even make it to a bowl this year? I don't even know if they. Listen, we'll we can come back and we can talk <laughs> about that, you know, ne- next year, uh, next season. Fair but enough. We did get. I I don't know if you heard. We did get a coach. You, you, and I'm very familiar with said coach. We'll we'll see how he does, though. Very okay. So now that we're on this, I am very interested to get your take on the hire. I want your true, authentic take on Auburn hiring Hugh Freeze. You know, I I think it was a good move. Okay, interesting. They had a lot of pressure on them. They didn't do good with the last hire, and they blew through millions of of, of dollars. Right. Um, But there was a lot of pressure. I think they did good. I've been pleased with his recruiting efforts thus far. Okay, good, good, good. But, you know, none of that matters until they actually, you know, get on the field and start playing. I, I will say with Auburn football, man, it's a it's quite a different environment um, than it is up here in Lynchburg, Virginia with Liberty. We seem to be a little mm-hmm. bit more forgiving um, if, you know, games don't go well. But Auburn fans and, and now SEC fans in general, uh, it's run it's a it's a business that's run by the boosters. And that yeah. business is only fueled by W's in the in the column. Um, so we will, I'm very interested to see if, how that goes, 
Uh, I, I think it was a good next step for Hugh Freeze as, you know, he had a little stint at Ole Miss and unfortunately, you know, had to, you know, got let go from there. But um, he did amazing right. things with Liberty's football program. I mean, built it up to, you know, be able to beat these big, big ACC schools. I mean, we beat Arkansas this year under him. Right. Um, so, yeah, we've got a new coach, Jamie Chadwell, here. He's He seems to be like a phenomenal guy, phenomenal coach. But I think it was the right next step for Hugh Freeze and kind of getting back to the SEC. Uh, I mean, he sh- he showed and proved that he could beat Alabama um, when he was at Ole Miss. So yeah. I think that was a big pulling point when you know Auburn was hiring. I know that there was a lot of speculation that a lot of the Auburn fans just wanted y'all's, y'all's uh, interim head coach to then take over because a lot of people liked yep. him. Um, but no, it'll, it'll be quite interesting to see. Are you, uh, do you ever go to any of the games? Like, do you make a trip down like once a year to at least get to one of them or what's the deal with that? We, we try to, it, you know, the past few years have been tough, you know, with having, right. you know, the two boys, and but, then COVID um, and all that stuff. You know, b- before that we, we did try to get down to, to a few games, you know, the tailgating, you know, seeing people, yeah. And, eating tons and tons of good food and going to the game. Um, there, there, there's nothing like it. And so, so yeah, I mean, but that does bring me to, you know, the super, going back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. We had the, you know, the Chiefs and the right, Eagles. Right, right. And I was 100% pulling for the Chiefs. <laughs> and my only reason for that is because the quarterback for the Eagles used to play at Alabama. He did. And I have to root against Alabama. And I'm sorry if there's any Alabama fans listening to this, you know. <laughs> No, no hate there, but I have to root against Alabama in everything, even if they've got former players playing at different teams. In every capacity. So I was pulling for the Chiefs 100%. Well, I mean, you look back at Alabama now, and it's kind of frustrating because, you know, you just knew that, one, they were going to be good at football, but every other sport they were going to suck. But then now, like with their basketball program, like they're starting to get everything rolling there. And so it's just like it's a tough thing to – to watch because like when Allie and Matthew moved down there they chose Auburn as well because they were like you know if you live down here you have to at least choose because people are going to ask but um no I I see I was on the opposite spectrum of that I kind of wanted uh the Eagles to win just because I feel like the Chiefs have have just they have been you know top of the NFL for a while now and I think that Mahomes will Mahomes will probably give Tom Brady a run for his money um, if he continues to play like he, you know, has been playing, he's a fun player to watch. Like he just makes plays and throws that you're just like only he could make. You know, you see a glimpse yeah. of it in Josh Allen, but I think Josh Allen's uh, prime is slowly kind of going down. I think he's been in his prime. Um, obviously, I don't want to speak too soon because these words could be tracked back. Watch him go win the Super Bowl <laughs> this year. Um, but no, I think that you know Mahomes is. I thought it was crazy when the Chiefs bought, you know, basically secured him for a 10-year, $530 million contract, you know, but it's proven to be, I guess, well, I mean, the the return on investment there has has proved to be a good one. So that's really interesting. So if you had to, one more question is, if you had to be any, if you had to live any athlete's life, you know, it can be, it can be present, past, you know, what comes with it is like, the fame, the money, the, you know, all of it. If you had to live any athlete's life, who would it be and why? All right. So 
one thing growing up in Alabama, we literally have no other sport. <laughs> there's there's no NFL team. That's hilarious. There's no, there's no MLB team there. Right. There's no professional sport. And so really all I know is college football. <laughs> okay. And so I feel like this is kind of an unfair unfair question because <laughs> a lot of college football players they either they, they go two directions right they you know they're going to the nfl or they're going you know somewhere else so, I, gosh i i don't know i don't know if i have a good answer for you there okay i mean there's i mean you think about like obviously growing up in i mean you're in north carolina now so this ain't this ain't no football land this is basketball land up with unc and duke and and, and all of that. So, I mean, there's like, you know, MJ, everyone could have lived MJ's life, the fame, the money, yeah. you know, all of that stuff. But I feel like if I had to live... His attitude, though. Yeah, no, he's a... He's a... He's... He had to be a punk with the people he was playing with. You know, the NBA was right, a different right. league than it was, than it is today. You know, like, yep. today is a, it is a soft league, which is why I don't ever watch NBA. I hate watching it. Um, I'm a football guy. I love watching football and, of course, soccer. But, man, I don't know. I, I have a trouble answering that question as well. I mean, I think that it would be, you know, living – I would have to find a Christian athlete because I think, like, living the life of all these athletes, you, you hear them say time after time again, like, it's just not as fulfilling as I thought it would be. Right, you know, right. like Tom Brady, time after time again, I think it was after he won his third Super Bowl, he was like, I just feel like there's something more to life, you know, like yep. – but I just don't know what it is. And so I don't know. I, I, I look back at the Christian athletes and I'm like, you know, who are big ones? But you look at like Tim Tebow and his athletic, he was great in college, all right in the NFL. And then, you know, he's gone on to do other big things. I don't know. I'd have, right. I'd have to, I guess, sit down and think about pick it. Like a soccer player or something. I'm trying to think of like, like I, I would like, like somebody. it would be crazy to live, you know, Messi or Ronaldo's life. But at the same time, like, I'm trying to think of someone who has just I mean it's everyone tough. knows them. It is it is tough. I would definitely choose the sport of soccer 100%. It's just within that realm like who who had a an influential, you know, career outside of soccer too. Who did things outside of right. soccer, you know, that transcends, you know, the person they were and all of that stuff. I, at the top of my head I can't think of anyone. Um but It'll be a good question to ponder. It'll be a good question to ponder. But yes. thank you, Colby, so much for just being willing to hop on um, midday today. I really, really appreciate it. I'm super thrilled um, for everyone to hear this episode. But, you know, thank you so much for just being willing to do it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Um, yeah, thanks so much, guys. Love you. I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, feel free to reach out to us. Um, on Instagram or Facebook. We have a Facebook now, so we got that up and running. It's just Equipped Pod on Facebook. Um, it's obviously not as prominent as our Instagram, but we're getting there, guys. But uh, feel free to follow us on Instagram at equipped.podcast. It's just E-Q-U-I-P-P-E-D dot P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Uh, feel free to send in your stories as well. I love hearing y'all stories um, and just being willing for y'all to reach out. That's actually how Colby uh, reached out to us as well, and so I was able to get him on the podcast um, but yeah, no, I love you guys. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Um, enjoy your weekend, be safe, uh, and just, uh, get in church this weekend, find somewhere to go to church, be in the, be in the Lord's house, be in the Lord's presence. So I love you guys. Peace out. Peace out.